Hey folks, thanks for joining me for this episode of the Embellish Podcast, a podcast focused on product stories, product storytellers, interesting brand ambassadors, and any other tangent that I happen to come up with. Whether you're a bourbon fan, a geek, a casual observer, or someone just floating through this channel, I hope you find it interesting. And if you got here by chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. Hopefully I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. And if you can't find me on a platform, send me an email at embellishpod at gmail.com and I'll try to get that taken care of. I also generally live stream the recording of these episodes on YouTube. You can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or Twitter with the exact same handle. I have a pet website. It is www.embellishpod.com. It's also a place to pick up these links, episode details, and even more. Today is June the 9th, uh, 2022, and we are talking with Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, and we have Jenna joining us. And I'll say, um, before we get kind of started on this, um, anecdotally, I had a friend that I had spent a... Um, fun whiskey weekend with and he saw that i was doing this and he was like hey who, who, who who's going to be talking to you who you're interviewing and i said it was jenna and he said um, he, he related a story of whenever he first joined scotch malt whiskey society he won a lottery and was super excited to be able to um, have a conversation with jenna specifically because um, your start in the industry uh, I guess industry, that's such a weird term to use, right? But your start yeah. in this, in, in this journey, I guess, uh, yeah. was, was from Instagram, right? And so you, you, have, you, have, you have a previous handle here. I do. And it's still active and live and still, you know, sharing all things whiskey. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up here in this crazy world of whiskey. So, right. Uh, yeah, he, he was super, super pumped about it. He was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so I reached out to you. I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't know a ton about scotch. And um, it's one of those segments that I want to get into and I want to know more about. Um, and about a year, a year and a half ago, I actually joined Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. There was another channel um, that I follow. They were doing a promotion where they got a, a discounted joining rate or something along that lines. I was like, ah, I'll give it a shot. I'll join. I joined. And then I used the difference between my joining rate and uh, what it would have been and what I paid and, and bought some bottles to, to try out. And I really appreciate the structure of what you guys have. And um, when I asked you to come on, I didn't expect anything to show up, but you sent me a few things. And yeah. so we're going to we're going to taste some stuff. We're going to talk about what those are. But um, if you want to talk about what you sent me and which one should I start with, maybe. Yeah, sure. So I, what we sent to you were two U.S. exclusive casts, and we'll talk a little bit about what that means as we kind of dig into them. Uh, but the first one that we're going to taste is cast 35.302, a quick witted dovetail. Um, and this is a 14-year space side. I spent 12 years in ex-bourbon hogshead, um, and then the remaining two years in a first fill ex-Pedro Jimenez shave, toasted, and recharred barrique. That is a mouthful. <laughs> Much like there, the whiskey. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff that's happening in that. Um, and and you, know, you you kind of alluded to it a little bit. On these labels is just this incredible amount of information. And uh, kind of reading through that, starting with the, the cask number. That's what you, you, you told me to start with. You've got this number that's 35.302. Like, what, what does this mean? Yeah, so I guess for those of you, you know, who those of you who are listening who aren't familiar with uh, who the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society is. So essentially, we're the world's largest whiskey club. Um, and what we do is we bottle single malt, single cask Scotch whiskey from over 150 different distilleries around the world. Um, but also from time to time, you'll see a single cask, you know, rum or cognac, armagnac, a gin. So we do other spirits as well. 
Um, and you'll also see a single cask bourbon or single barrel bourbon, I guess they call it in the bourbon world, um, or a single cask rye, American single malt. We've bottled a uh, single cask from Japan, Sweden, Taiwan, Australia, um, England, Ireland. I know I'm missing some in there, but you get the gist. Mm -hmm. Uh, so really, our, our mission is to hunt down these, you know, incredible single cask of whiskey wherever in the world they, you know, happen to be and bring them and bottle them exclusively for our members. And so our bottles are found in liquor stores or, um, you know, anything like that. It's strictly through being a member of the society and through our website. So uh, the two that I have sent you today are two Speyside distilleries. Um, and the first one that actually these two distilleries I love personally so much and I actually found my love of these distilleries through the Scotchmont Whiskey Society. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about them and dig a little bit into them because, uh, you know, single cask whiskey and spirits are just so special. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not saying that all whiskey isn't special. Of course it is. You know, blended right. whiskeys are special, you know. Whiskeys that, you know, just single malt whiskeys are special. They, they really are. Whiskey in general is a, a very magical thing. But there is something just very different and exciting and just, you know, so just beautiful about a single cask of anything, whether it is a bourbon, a rye, a scotch, you know, whatever the case is. So, yeah. I think single uh, casks have have a little bit of extra single casks, single barrels, single whatever in containers. Right. They they have a little bit of extra magic to them because um, blended whiskey, blending whiskey specifically, is an art form, right? It's it's not an art Heck form. Yeah. It's necessarily like <laughs> bourbon hasn't bought into this yet, right? Like you use the term blending, and people start getting a little upset because you know they're, they're reminiscent to blended whiskey of the seventies and eighties, which was a different creature. But within Scotch, you know, at least my understanding of the Scotch industry, you know, the master blender is on equal, if not higher esteem than a master distiller is because they're crafting a flavor profile. It is. And it is it is so incredibly difficult to and, and to keep consistent, a consistent flavor mm -hmm. profile across the board. You know, if you are responsible for making sure that every bottle of Glenfiddich you know, 12 year that that hits the shelf tastes exactly the same, no matter where you buy it, whether it's you're in Paris or Hong Kong or in Murray, Kentucky, you know, every time you buy that bottle of whiskey, it's going to taste exactly the same. Like that's a lot of pressure for one. Um, and you really do have to have just such a, a fine tuned, you know, mm -hmm. mind and, and palate and sensory system to be able to pull that off. And it is incredibly difficult. And there, I, I give so much respect to you know, the people out there who are doing that because it is not easy. <laughs> right. But, but and, 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 you know, part of their art form is being able to identify that, you know, oh, you know, this cask may be slightly short on finish while the next cask has a really strong finish, but it's weak on the front end. And so they're putting those together. But for single yeah. casks, you have to identify unique barrels or casks that do all of the things with nothing to help them out. Right. And so as it comes out of the barrel, that's where that sort of like magic feeling for me comes from is that, <laughs> you don't get to do it. You might add water to it if, if for, for some people yeah. who want to proof it down, but that's it. That's the only option that you have is taking that and, you know, you may put it in another cast, another cast, but you don't get to blend it with something else to, to nope. accentuate it, to hide it, to do anything different with it. And I like that. I mean, you see that in the bourbon industry, everybody's going after single barrels because it's a way to take a, a standard shelf offering and make it unique. Um, you know, my dad was, 
making beer, you know, 30 years ago, whenever the, the home brewing trend hit the top, you know, and he, he was always yeah. a, a big proponent of the folks at Coors or Anheuser-Busch, you know, maybe their beer is not exactly what he was after, but you could buy a case of it today and you could buy a case of it 10 years from now and it tastes the same. And that's an yep. incredible art form and that's what blenders do. But that's also sort of the beauty of these single casks is that everyone's sort of different. Right. And so now you're trying to collect them all. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I think is so special about, you know, what we do is, you know, we're bottling from distilleries that will never release a, a, a house whiskey of their own or a portfolio of their own. You know, a lot of these mm -hmm. distilleries are blend houses, you know, and actually the, the second whiskey we're going to taste, you know, that is a great example, you know, that particular distillery, they, they create a, a whiskey for, for blends, you know, they cre create mm -hmm. whiskey for, um, I believe it's the 100 Pipers blend uh, that that particular whiskey goes into. But, um, you know, so to be able to taste these distilleries that you would never have a chance to taste otherwise in a single cast form is really, mm -hmm. really cool to me. Um, and, you know, I was a, a member of the society before I was part of the team. And I remember this just opened up like a whole world of, of whiskey to me that I don't think that I would have ever been exposed to otherwise, you know, because a lot of these distilleries you'll never see in a liquor store or, mm -hmm. you know, on a shelf somewhere. And if you do, you probably never heard of it. And, <laughs> you know, you're like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't want to drink it. You know, mm -hmm. like, was this made in a shed in the back of, you know, someone's yard or something? I don't know if I want to drink that. Right. Um, so it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool little thing. Yeah. So what, what, what should I be tasting here? So in, in this, right. this barrel 14, you have the notes on the bottle itself, right? Yes. Some, so, someone has taken the time to write those, but, <laughs> maybe you've got some more. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I want to break, I'll break down the label and the tasting notes and all of that good stuff. But I do just want to preface it by saying that what you should be smelling is what your mind is telling you you should right. be smelling, you know, like when it comes to nosing and tasting whiskey, it's so easy to like put our noses in the air and stick our pinkies out and say, Oh, you should get fine mahogany on this. And mm -hmm. this should smell of Ron Burgundy's ass and all of these great things. Right. And right. that's not the case. Like whatever I smell, is is right and whatever you smell is right whatever you know our neighbor who is drinking the same whiskey is smelling is right too so mm -hmm. um you know just kind of let your mind be free and you know you can spew out whatever it is that's coming coming to your mind when it comes to nosing and tasting this but um so let me break down the label really quick so i don't know my camera is probably not as good yep. as yours yep. but We're i'm good. gonna try here all right so we do not put distillery names on our bottles and i'll talk about that too because it is important um, so instead we use it, there we go. We use a coding system. So right here, you will see society cast number 35.302. The 35 refers to the distillery that this whiskey comes from. And the 302 refers to the amount of cast that we have bottled from this distillery. Uh, you will also see here the outturn. This is going to tell you how many bottles came out of that cast. So only 206 bottles. And that's all 206 came here to the US. This is a full US exclusive cast. Um, and we give it a fun kind of cheeky name and some fun cheeky tasting notes, and we'll definitely talk about those. Um, you also have the oops, age of the whiskey, the date it was distilled, the region it's from, and then the types of cask, if it's just a single cask or, you know, one cask, or if it was in uh, two different types of cask, all of that information will be on the label. And then lastly, you have the ABV over here in the corner. So uh, why are there no distillery names on bottles? Oops, let's see if I get my camera to focus out again. <laughs> let's try it. All right. Well, it'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. Well, uh, so why are there no distillery names on our bottles? So, uh, you know, there, 
few different reasons, but I think the two most important reasons are one out of respect for these distilleries. And what I mean by that is there are going to be times that we are releasing single casks are just wildly different from are, are right. you know wildly different from a house style anyway, you know. Um, and the other part, you know, part of that is that we are also releasing whiskey that is not indicative of a lot of distilleries house styles. Um, we have released peated whiskeys from distilleries that have never touched peat, um, which is kind of crazy. And I remember when I first saw those kind of coming down the line, I was like, I'm not seeing this camera. <laughs> oh, no, it, you're, you, um, I think you're good now. It, it, all right, it, we're back good. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, I remember like reaching out to friends in the industry and being like, have you ever seen anything like this? Like, am I losing my mind? Like, did this happen? And like, nobody just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, no, I've never seen this ever in the history of, of this particular distillery. So like a lot of times we're releasing things that, you know, what were, are not indicative of a house style. And we never mm-hmm. want somebody to taste a single cask of anything and say, oh, well, I don't like that. So I'm not going to ever try that distillery again. Right. Like what we want to do is we're not just promoting one brand or one distillery. We are promoting whiskey as a whole. You know, we want people to go out and and soak up as much knowledge as they can about the world of whiskey, you know, not about just one particular brand or distillery. Um, so that's one of the reasons. And then the flip side of that is because we don't even have a bias, right? We're human. Mm-hmm. We all have them. Um, and, you know, that's why all of our bottles are green. We can't see what the color of the whiskey yep. is inside um, until you pour it into your glass. And by that time, it's too late. Um, and, you know, we... We want to just strip away of as much of that as, as we can because our main focus at the society is flavor. And I know you and I talked a little bit about this before we jumped on, um, but we don't categorize our whiskeys on by distillery or region or what type of cask it was in or any of that. We strictly categorize our whiskeys based on flavor. Um, mm-hmm. And that is our main focus is to find the best, you know, cask out there that are going to just provide a, you know, roller coaster of flavor every time you sit back and enjoy it. And so that's kind of the, the flip side of why there are no distillery names yeah. on bottles. And it's no, going to use the coding yeah, system. That's, that's, that's perfect because, so this is the scariest thing for whiskey nerds is tasting anything blind, right? Um, because as soon as you <laughs> taste something it. blind, well, I mean, so like I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Buffalo Trace fan. Everything they make is the best. And then you get in a blind and you rank your Buffalo Trace the lowest and you put Heaven yes. Hill at the top or um, you end up, yes. you know, like David Nicholson Reserve, which is $19, is, is the best whiskey <laughs> in that flight. And, yeah. it, and it, it can prove you wrong about your preconceived notions. And so that's part of what I really enjoy about it. You know, there's there's a couple companies out there doing, you know, blind tasting kits that you can get and you don't know what you're drinking. You have yeah. to scan QR codes and learn about it. This, I, I, I think I prefer this to that because this is giving me some degree of information without telling me who it comes from. But for myself right. being a Scotch novice, the labels mean nothing to me right now, right? Because I don't know, you know, I, I know who Ardbeg is and I know who Glenn Fittich is. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, beyond like the handful of like, you know, five large distilleries that everybody always knows right. that Scotch, it doesn't necessarily mean anything to me, but you can get lost in that. You're like, oh, well, do I like this distillery? Do I like that distillery or, or yeah. what, you know? There, uh, I was gonna, I don't know if I have my book on my desk. I was gonna recommend a great book to you, but I don't know if I have it on my desk at the moment. There's like whiskey all over the floor. It happens that way. That's there, there may be whiskey yeah. surrounding me as well. So, there, yeah, there, there is a book in here, in here somewhere. Um, but, um, you know, it, th- this is really a, 
a really great way to learn about so many different distilleries. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these distilleries maybe are smaller and don't have like a Macallan budget to, you know, go right. out and to promote or again, they're, they're blend houses and they're just part of, you know, some of the most famous blended whiskeys out there. Um, but there is a, a great book called the Malt Whiskey Yearbook. Mm -hmm. And every year they put out a new edition, you know, by the year. And it is probably, I have never used a set of books so much. Like even in college, I didn't use, like, this is the ultimate textbook. Um, and usually I have one on my desk yeah. and I don't have it on my desk at the moment. Um, so, so I'm, I'm yeah, a book person. I'm a, I'm a book yeah. person. So I'm, I'm already there. You know, like the, the whiskey the is, is above the sight line, but below that is all books, you know, like, yep. <laughs> Uh, Monday night, I had an opportunity to to do an interview with a, a female whiskey author that's had a bush a book that released on Tuesday. Uh, oh. She's a big Scotch fan as well, and so absolutely, I've I've got it on a post it here. You don't have to show me anything else. I'll I'll, I'll yep. it'll it, Amazon to great. me and and I'll have it or where there you go. Like. And so what's great is that you know, again, we don't put distillery names on our bottles, but there are many lists out there. You could figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's it's. It's not right, right, but it's not staring difference. in the face, it's and it's there. not distracting you, and that's the other exactly. part is that, um, exactly. you know, you have one bad experience with a scotch. Uh, let's just say you do pick up a peated, and they have non-peated <laughs> a flavor profile somewhere, but you yeah. know, I didn't like peat, and I'm not going to like this distillery now, and so it sort of hides that, and in a good way, not not in a bad yeah. way, you know, because you're, you're no, trying to all. illustrate this. And then for the bourbon fan, the fact that these are at a cask strength is another yeah. plus for us because. You know, I I had while I was talking to her, I had some Macallan and it was, you know, 80 proof or 90 proof, 86 proof or whatever. And it was like, you know, I could drink that all night long after spending the weekend before drinking a bunch of barrel proof whiskeys. Right. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we, we tend to kind of skew in that direction of things that are maybe overproofed or whatever. Yeah, that's that, you know, the, the really cool thing about a single cask of anything is. I like to look at it as there are so many different opportunities to enjoy that whiskey in so many different ways, right? So you can have it neat at cast strength, you know, end of the week, you want it at cast strength, whatever the case is, you know, but then, you know, maybe the next time you try it, you're like, you know what, I want to see what this is like with just a few drops of water. And you put a few drops of water in it, it's going to change completely. Um, and, it allows you know, me to control the, if I want to proof it down or not myself. Ex exactly. And yep. you really get to tailor it to your liking, right? You can toss it in a cocktail. You can mix it with your sweet tea or whatever, however it is you want to enjoy mm -hmm. it. You know, you have it in its most concentrated, like purest form. And it is up to you, you know, the person who is enjoying it to go out and, and find the best ways to do that. I'm going to tell you that this, this first bottle, I, <laughs> yeah, let's thoroughly, talk about it. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy this. Uh, so I, I've got these other two that I purchased a year and a half ago and they're, they're both eight year expressions. And one of them is from, um, you guys had the, um, the, uh, uh, whiskey festival, 2021. I picked up one of the bottles from the whiskey festival, okay. 2021. And yeah. I really liked it. It's got a little spice, but this, this is, this could be easily confused in the bourbon territory because of the it feels like very dark and rich and brown sugary and yeah um, you know if i were to i like flying united because they give stroop waffles and i don't know if, you, if you've enjoyed stroop waffles <laughs> yep, but i love I'm those very things. familiar <laughs> but if you were to take a stroop waffle and like put it in a skillet with some brown butter and warm it up and then eat it that's what i feel like this and I, I don't know if that's the right oh flavor gosh. profile but like the, that the depth is and richness is where an I amazing tasting note I love that so much. I think, and that's, that, that is how I love hearing people talk about whiskey, right? Like mm -hmm. 
you know, it's, yes, I'm getting like some tannins or some vanilla or some caramel, but like, I like it when people are telling me a story about their tasting notes, just like that. Like, this is like, if you X, Y, and Z, and like that to me is, that is what I want to hear every single time mm -hmm. somebody talks about a whiskey. So please continue on that path. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I can, because at the, at the, at the other side of it is I, I get doing the things that we do and you, you come across people and, you know, you get these really esoteric notes that um, maybe no one's ever had um, current fruit. They've had current jelly, yeah. like red currants. Red currants is a note that everybody uses all the time, but there's not a ton of things in the United States where you can actually get real currants. You get yeah. current jelly. So if you give yeah. the note, that's the only point of reference they have. And I've never had one either. If you give a note that someone doesn't know, it doesn't, it doesn't connect with them. But if you can tell them how it makes you feel, it does. And that's, yeah. You know, I've Absolutely. done some some bourbon tastings with friends, and that's what I try to communicate. I'm like, what you taste is what you taste, right? You're drawing from a memory. And if I just simply say bananas, um, what you can hear is banana runts. You could hear an unripe banana. You could hear you could taste yeah. an overripe banana. Uh, you could taste banana pudding. Those are all different, unique versions of banana that all have yeah. very, very different flavor profiles. And so it doesn't make sense to me just to give you a single flavor. It's tell you how it makes me feel and that's that's yeah uh, that's all i, can I love do. that yeah i i love that um so this this particular bottle so this is from a distillery that i think is of the many 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 distilleries we bottle from i think that our single casks from this distillery are just always exceptional i have not mm -hmm. had a cask from this distillery that i've just been like Meh. <laughs> you know i think they're absolutely stunning and I think this distillery as a whole is is quite underrated. Um, I think it is looked down upon sometimes because of the price point. And what's beautiful about this distillery outside of what we do is it gives the consumer a great opportunity to learn without breaking the bank. The bank. You can yep. go and pick up many different, because this distillery does beautiful cast finishes and they're at a great price. So you can go and pick up five different whiskeys and five different cask finishes and, and essentially like train your palate, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can expose your palate to what port is like or what Chardonnay, you know, finishes like, or like a peat finishes like, or, you know, standard bourbon. Like you can totally expose your whole palate to that. Um, and I think that is so valuable uh, for people who are really like into this, you know, who really mm -hmm. want to learn. Um, but this particular cask is, is really beautiful. And the fact that it's at what, 64.9% ABV doesn't, right. doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, it doesn't hurt. And it, and it allows, you know, it's, it's high enough proof that I'm not going to want to drink it all night long at that proof right. particularly, but I can have a few drinks, then I can move on to something else. Yeah. And so I can stretch this bottle for a period of time because of the proof that it's at. And I, you know, that's, it's always great. Maybe that's part of the part of the, the mystique for, you know, bourbon geeks at having things at a cask proof is that we can stretch it out a little longer because yeah. it's higher proof or whatever. Yeah. This I mean, is yeah of, of the scotches that I've had. Um, I've had a couple that were somebody who really, really liked scotch had some, you know, old stuff sitting around that you can't ever find anywhere ever again. And so those were, you know, like amazing things to have, but it's not worth talking about because you can't find them. Right. Right. This, if it's a, if it's attainable is, is fantastic. Yeah. This, this, this whiskey is, is really fantastic. This is mm -hmm. the third time now this week that I've, I've tasted it. And, uh, every time it's, it's just a, a real joy to, to drink. 
Um, but I know you had asked about the tasting notes and the, yep. the names and all of that. So it's probably a good opportunity to talk a little bit about that. So we uh, have a tasting panel over in the UK. So our, our spiritual home is in Leith uh, near Edinburgh in Scotland. And our how we kind of approach things is in like a kind of fun and whimsical way. Mm-hmm. And the reason we do that is because, you know, one, we want to make whiskey fun because it should be. <laughs> um, and and two, you know, we really, these tasting notes and the names really just like give your mind permission to just like kind of let loose, right? Like I think yeah. sometimes when a lot of people go into like nosing and tasting whiskey, they kind of panic a little like, oh, what if I don't taste vanilla or what if I'm not <laughs> tasting or smelling, you know, mm-hmm. my, you know, grandmother's potpourri or whatever the case is you know and you don't have to smell any of that you can smell what exactly you smell and taste exactly what you taste and i think these taste notes just kind of give your they like just Mm -hmm. kind of like wet the brain a little so to speak like it wets your palate um so the 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 name of this whiskey a quick witted dovetail i'm going to just read the the brief tasting notes so on our website uh there are full tasting notes so notes you know from nose palate finish with water um, all on the website, but this says initially rich and classically sherry. This one evolves into a fruit bomb with cakes and crystallized ginger. And uh, our tasting panel is made up of people all throughout the industry. Uh, there's a very famous whiskey writer named Char- Charles McLean or Charlie McLean, mm-hmm. um, and he's been on our panel for many, many years. And it's again just made up of people all throughout the industry. People who have been in the industry for a really long time. People who have been in the industry maybe not a long time. Um, and basically what they do, and this is, don't tell anyone. Okay. Really you want me to stop the recording this, right now? Is that yeah, what I need stop to do the recording. Right okay. <laughs> this is, this is really the job I'm after because they, what they get to do is get together, um, mm-hmm. you know, every week or every other week and they get to blind taste these cast samples. <laughs> right? What a, what a terrible, right? terrible job. I know. Can you imagine just like hanging out with your friends essentially just blind tasting cast samples. Um, but it is it is their job to decide what gets bottled for members. And so the the whiskey, they don't know what it is or where it's coming from. Um, and it has to pass both the nose and taste test in order for it to them to say, yes, go bottle this for our members. Um, and if they say, no, this isn't ready, then it goes back to our warehouse. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it is them who writes these tasting notes. And sometimes you'll, read some tasting notes and you'll be like, what the hell are they talking about? What, yes, what yes. even is that? You know, um, I remember one tasting note. I, I tell the story all the time because it's just weird. Um, I remember one tasting note was like, it tasted of flying saucers. And I was like, okay, kick rocks. Like you have not <laughs> tasted a flying saucer. What mm-hmm. is that? Um, but uh, I believe it's a type of candy um, or some type of little sweet over in the UK. Um, and let me, let me that put that is, on the list. So like you're going to read your, yeah. So you're, you're going to, um, at least that's what somebody told me. So you're, you're going to have to sometimes Google what some yeah. words mean. Um, but the cool thing about that is you learn. So not only do you get great whiskey, but you get a vocab lesson too. Yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> learning about, I'm all about learning about new treats for sure. You know, like there's, there's a, there's a company that does, 
um, international treats and the, every month they send you a different countries, you know, like their, yeah. their sweet treats or whatever. And so we've been doing that for a while with our kids. Cause you know, we want to taste things from other countries and, you know, um, so I want to know about these flying saucer candies. Also, if I can get one and try it and now I can, yeah, uh, I can be that pretentious asshole at the next tasting. Whenever I come across that flavor, like this is flying saucer candies from England and people are like, that's not even a thing. Nope. Nope. It is. Oh, Sometimes I think they're called satellite wafers. Yeah, satellite, satellite wafers, wafers, flying saucer candies. <laughs> so, my, my, okay. Today. So, so <laughs> I, I I just did a thing while you were talking. I, I poured a little more and I put it in a glass and I sent it downstairs. My wife um, is not a huge whiskey person, but she likes to give uh, random tasting notes. And so, she said this this tastes like a barn full of hay that was caught on fire that was also full of apples. Right. And I so there's like love a, that. Right. So this, this, these are the kind I of notes that she that. gives on a regular basis. And so um, I tasted it and I was like, I think she might like this one. And that, that was a positive note. Yeah. Sometimes it's not so great. Sometimes it's, you know, like a burnt <laughs> tire or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I can get that. Cause you know, there's, 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 a, there's a little uh, richness of, of char and there's some apple and there's yeah. some grass. That apple. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like as now as I'm, I'm like kind of digging yep. back into the nose, like I can definitely yeah. get that bright, like bright red apple. On the nose See, this is the thing is big, that she's, she's just inherently better at this than I am. I'm sorry, a barn full of apples that was lit on fire. That's the exact term. I, she, she corrected me with the text message from downstairs. I love it. Um, it, she's inherently better at this, and so is my eight-year-old. My eight, not not tasting, just smelling, right? Because that would be illegal <laughs> yeah. if I let her taste it. But <laughs> right. uh, oftentimes she'll be like, hey, can I smell that? And, you know, we want to demystify because it's, it's not the end of the world. And uh, she was smelling something. It was a toasted bourbon of some type. You know, I don't even remember what it was. And, you know, this eight-year-old smells it. She goes, hey, this smells like toasted marshmallows and chocolate and hands it back to me. And I was like, those are two legitimate notes on this. And I've only gotten one of those. And your eight-year-old nose is like, hey, let me nail this right off the bat. But, um, you know, women are inherently better at, at smelling and tasting than men are. That's okay. It's an evolutionary response. I'm fine with it. This is fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, this is, this is this is really, really good. And it's going to both uh, be great and bad because it's not going to last as long as I want it to. <laughs> yes, this, this whiskey is, so we've actually, what we've done is we actually just released this whiskey on Tuesday um, in our June outturn, uh, which is essentially our monthly release of different mm -hmm. casks. And the second whiskey that uh, we're going to taste here as well um, was also released on Tuesday. And we have bundled these together essentially um, to, and at a nice little discounted price too. Um, our, our director likes to make some fun bundles and throw mm -hmm. a little, you know, surprise in there. So these are both, uh, both available on the website individually or together um, in a bundle. And uh, they're, yeah, they're fantastic. And again, full US exclusive cask. So from time to time, uh, more so now, just because our membership base here in the US is growing so rapidly, mm -hmm. uh, we are getting more and more full US exclusive cask. So a lot of times, you know, when a cask comes through the pipeline from you know, home base over in the UK, you know, they have to allocate that to, to other countries, right, to mm -hmm. other chapters around the world. And so, you know, sometimes the UK will get maybe hang on to 10 of them or Scotland will hang on to 10 of them. And then, you know, some will go to Japan, some will go to Australia, some will go to Canada, and then some will come here. And so what's nice is that we get every single bottle of, of these full US exclusive casts. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, we're, we're seeing more and more of that, which is, is really really exciting um because 
our members are awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you you, yeah. you you said that um, it's growing pretty rapidly here and not necessarily specific numbers, but, you know, how long have you guys been active in the United States specifically? Uh, you know, it, was oh, this before you. Before me. Yes. Before yeah. me. Um, it was actually owned by family in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, and we've uh, I've only been with the company for on and off for about four years. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was well before me that the Scotchmont Whiskey Society actually came to America. Um, but we started over in the UK in the early 80s. Our founder, Pip Hills, basically had a thing. He just liked whiskey. And, you know, at the time in the 80s, people weren't really drinking single malts. They were right. drinking blends, which and there's nothing wrong with that. There's some still to this day. I don't know why blends get such a bad rap because there's so many beautiful blended whiskeys out there. Um, we actually do some blended whiskeys from time to time, too. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, at the time, nobody was really drinking single malts. And he purchased a cask of whiskey from the very first distillery we ever bottled from. And he shared it with his friends. And like you and I know, we have tons of whiskey in our house. Our friends right. always want to be here and yep. to drink whiskey because like we're better than any bar in town. Right. <laughs> right. Um so can you imagine if you just had a single cask of whiskey sitting in your house, like your friend group would just it, grow. I don't, I don't know that my, I don't, I don't know that my family would be okay with that. I would have to like build a separate hut to the house. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know we've got a shop out back. I might have to turn that into a, you know, legitimate whiskey hut because I have some friends yeah. that might never leave ever. Exactly. So Pip, that's how Pip kind of, you know, started and that friend group just continued to grow. And he's like, I think I'm kind of onto something here you know, to, to put it plainly. And he started the Scotchmont Whiskey Society and, you know, we're all over the world now and chapters all over the world. And it's, it's a, it's a really awesome thing to be a part of, not just for the fact that you're part of this global organization of whiskey sides, you know, right. um, but that you're, you're having access to this whiskey that you're not going to find otherwise from, you know, to distilleries that you're not going to be able to enjoy a lot of times otherwise. And I think that's a, a really special thing. And I think what's special about what we do is we do try to like take away all of that, like uppity kind Pump of and circumstance. The, the, yes. yes. That can sometimes be associated with Scotch whiskey, um, you know, and we just want whiskey to be fun and enjoyed and shared. It, it's not just scotch. It, 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 it's bourbon too. It, bur bourbon is the yeah. same way. You know, I, I was at a, I was at a <laughs> I podcast event. My world, and, so I didn't want to speak on it. No, 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 no. You're you're not. It's the it's the same people, just uh, with different backgrounds. Is what it realistically is, right? Like the people who are in bourbon likely started off in bourbon. The people who are in scotch started off in scotch, but they're the exact same person. I was I was at a a, a podcast event uh, a couple weeks ago, and there was a bunch of people tasting a bunch of really random bourbons that you can't find anywhere. And, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's walking around with their nose deep in a glass. And they're taking, talking about the notes. And I looked at another guy. I was like, you realize how pretentious is shit everything we're doing is right now. Like, this is just pretentious. And it's okay. You know, we, we are. Yeah. You know, you catch yourself accidentally smelling your water at the end of the day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it can get that way real fast, especially whenever you have labels. You know, you go to a bottle share. The intent is, oh, I've got to bring a bottle that is above someone else's. And that's you have to like one up somebody essentially. Yeah, it, it, but it's a yeah. barrier to entry for new people who who don't know anything about you know like for me yeah. for Scotch, 
I don't know what is good and bad. Like I could go and read a ton, a ton of blog posts or watch YouTube videos, or I, I can learn it, but learning it is not tasting it. And it, you know, I, I gave you this story earlier, but I, I distinctly remember the first time that I went to a pharmacy to pick up tampons for my girlfriend. I was like, I don't know what to buy because this is a brand right. new segment for me. I have to figure out yeah. what's good and what's not. Um, I got to seek advice or whatever, but this just sort of, you know, strips it down and, takes away any labels and it just tells me on the front of it what I should expect from this particular experience, which I guess in that scenario still wouldn't have helped me immensely, but, but right. <laughs> you know, it, it would have at least demystified some of it. And so that's what, that's, that's what's super appreciative for um, people who are just entering, at least in my mindset. And then for the advanced person, you know, the person who's been into whiskey for a while, um, it gets them out of their own head because you, know, yeah, you get this mindset. And, and I've got to think- buy a certain thing, you know, Right. And, and you don't. And I think, too, you know, sometimes people, well, I, I'm just getting in into into whiskey or I'm just getting into scotch. And, you know, sometimes you see an ABV like the one we're enjoying now at almost, what, 65 percent. And that's like, I can't have that's going to be like straight up gasoline. Like, I can't I, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Um, but, you know, to go back to what I was saying before, the, the beautiful thing about that is that you get to tailor it to your liking. Right. So. You know, you if you want it at forty percent ABV, then you know, proof it down. You know, add enough water to get to that you know ABV that you're comfortable with and you enjoy it most at. And then you know, maybe a month later, as you're a month into your journey, you're adding less water. And you know, maybe right. the next month you're like, you know what, I just want this neat. So, mm-hmm. but if but if you had a label with a name on it, and there's the pretentious guy sitting across the room, and you start trying to proof down what is effectively a you know three hundred dollar scotch they're going to start to freak out, but you don't know what this is. That's what makes it great. Right. And don't freak out. Look, I, I cannot like stress this enough to people when getting into whiskey is enjoy it, how you enjoy it. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Like I, this is a hill I like, I will, I'm willing to die on this hill, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, please enjoy whiskey. However it is you enjoy it. If you want to add ice to it, add ice. If you want to add water, add water. Like I said, mix it with your sweet tea or make a cocktail or Mm -hmm. put it in your coffee. However it is you enjoy it, please do that. Um, The only thing I ever recommend to people is just try it neat first. Just try it. You don't have to like it. You know, whatever the case is, just try it neat first and then have at it. it Even at that point, if you're putting it in a cocktail, trying it neat first lets you understand how it's impacting the cocktail you're drinking, right? Like what is it bringing to the party? Um, Absolutely. Hopefully it's not just bringing to the party alcohol because if it's bringing alcohol, you can do that with PGA or vodka or something that doesn't have a flavor, right? All you're trying – there's a flavor that whoever crafted that cocktail wants to get in there. You could explore that. You can find that out. And and you might end up trying something you like or maybe you say, no, I still can't drink this straight, you know? Yeah, but I love it in a cocktail. <laughs> right. And that and that's okay, but you know, for it is okay. The, the, for the people in certain circles, it's just not okay. Just it's just not, you know, how could you no, ever do we, this? We we encourage people to enjoy it however it is they want to enjoy it. All right. So All right, we're, we're we pouring the next one two? here. Burnt dust. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Burnt dust. All right. So while I'm pouring this, so, is, is it is it whiskey only? Is this all you all you guys do is whiskey, or is there other spirits that you're involved with? There are other spirits that you will see from time to time. Um, we do gin, single cask gin. So if you mm-hmm. are a fan of gin and tonics or just gin in general, mm-hmm. our single cask gins are absolutely stunning. Um, they're just just a total different beast. 
um, and they're they're really beautiful. And so we we try to release those a couple times a year. Um, I think we have one coming up in the fall, early fall, uh, which will be pretty exciting. So we do that. Uh, we do rum, single cask rum, and from time to time you'll see an Armagnac, a cognac. Um, I think that's all for the spirit side. Um, and then, so with with gin, do you is that all still coming from England, or are you picking it from all across the world? Whenever you start talking about gin, it's I mean it's it can come from anywhere that okay. gin is made. So, okay. yeah. And all it, right. So, so the first. Scotch malt, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. No, <laughs> I just was gonna make a quick note. So the first whiskey that we tasted was in our deep, rich, and dried fruits flavor mm -hmm. profile. So it had this dark kind of red uh, yep. label on our topper on it. Um, the next whiskey we're going to have is in our peated flavor profile. So this is a peated whiskey. Um, I was getting ready and... to ask because uh, I smelled it and I was like, I think yeah. there may be peat here. So I've got, I've a got a green one. I've got a dark red. <laughs> is this darker? I'm not good with colors. You said dark red. Yeah, or it's like orange, a, burnt color. It's a burnt orangey red. <laughs> I also have a, a light, a light purple and a dark purple are the ones that I had before, before um, okay, so this thing came in. You have a, young and oh you could have a, a sweet fruity and mellow and a spicy and sweet are probably what you have sure yeah that, 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 that's, <laughs> so prob again. that's probably correct because that, so the spicy and sweet connects on the one that is the um the whiskey festival 2021 i think that's that sounds okay. right because it is a, is a darker darker purple but it doesn't have because it doesn't have all of the same stuff on the front of the label because yeah. it has that like you know celebration yep. design that's on yep, it or whatever. that's a spicy and sweet uh, yeah that's it's it's really good. I like that one too. All right. So yeah. this, we're, we're, we're talking peated now. We're talking peat now. So typically, you know, peat, you hear just the word peat and you will automatically think Isla uh, in, in Scotland, you know, your Laphroaigs, your Lagafoolins, your Ardbegs, your, mm -hmm. you know, some Brooklotties and Funas, uh, peated versions of those. Um, but this is actually from Speyside. This, this is a peated Speyside whiskey um, from a, a really just this distillery just makes beautiful whiskey. Um, and if you are trying to get into the peated category or you're just kind of getting your toes wet and you've maybe tried one that was too much and you want to kind of dial it back, I think that uh, a lot of peated Speyside whiskeys just offer a very different experience. The profile of a peated or mainland uh, peated whiskey versus an island peated whiskey uh, are mm -hmm. very different. So. This yeah. one is. It, it definitely didn't hit me. So I've got, you know, I've got a 10 year art bag over here and yeah. some days it's great. <laughs> and some days it's a band aid. It just depends on what the day is for me. Right. Um, and there's a distinct difference in the peat smell that yeah. comes across and, and it's a, yeah. it's, it's appreciated by me, not necessarily would it be, you know, maybe by somebody who's a, a strong peat head. Um, so peat is usually measured in PPM. Is that right? PPMs, correct. Okay. Yeah. And do you guys um, have the PPM on this, or is it? Yeah. So it this. Matter? Yeah, yeah. So this particular distillery typically is in that ten to twenty PPM mm -hmm. uh, range. Um, I don't know the exact number on this particular bottle, right. but I do know that this particular distillery stays in that ten to twenty type of range. So it's not going to be mm -hmm. super intense um, and like kind of punch you in the face, like something like a. Yeah. It's definitely not doing that. Lagavulin or Octomore. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been to the to the Lagavulins in the in the art bags. I haven't hit an Octomore yet. Um, but so if we were talking about these parts per million, does it start at zero and go up to whatever, or like, how does that work? Or 
it does go up to whatever. Um, and so, you know, you have some Octomores that I think the, the highest was in the 300 range, I want to say. Um, but a lot of distilleries are typically in that 10 to 20, 30, 40 type of range um, that we see kind of on the shelves. It's, it's really the Octomores that you see in those 100, 200. I think 304 maybe was the highest they got to. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, but two, you know, the, the funny thing about that is, you know, you'll have an Octomore sometimes, and it is just the most soft, delicate, integrated mm -hmm. peat that you've ever tasted. And you're like, wait a second, how is this the most heavily peated whiskey in the world when I'm not like dying right now, right, <laughs> you right. know? Um, you know, sometimes you'll have a, a, a whiskey that's at 20 or 30 40 ppm and you're like holy cow like this is like mm -hmm. just total punch of pee to the face um and so i don't know if the number at least for me i don't let the number catch me up so to speak and i don't put expectations on a number to deliver something when you just really don't know what you're gonna get until you taste it right it's a, it's a guideline that might tell you something, but it right. can still completely depart from that, you know, absolutely uh, no matter what. And so are, are you a peated whiskey person? Or are you, uh, just, oh, yeah. uh, okay. So this is, <laughs> yeah. this is, this is a thing for you. Yes, I do. I do love peated whiskey. Um, I love young peated whiskey and, mm -hmm. uh, I just, they're just a lot of fun to experience. Um, so what is because, what does young peated whiskey give you that, and what, I guess, what is young? What is young for you? Yeah, so like, peated? I mean, anywhere from five, six, seven, eight-year-old peated mm -hmm. whiskey. I, I really love uh, just young, robust, powerful peated whiskey just because it's such an intense experience. Mm -hmm. um, typically, when you have peated whiskeys that are older, I'm talking your 20-plus or, you know, 16-plus, uh, the peat definitely has a tendency to soften a bit. Um, and I just love that, like, very aggressive style of peat. So mm -hmm. that's why I typically gravitate toward younger peated whiskeys. Um, and I have to catch I'll myself asking like what young one. Yeah, I have to catch myself <laughs> asking what old and young means because um, in the bourbon world, old is very different than in the scotch world. Right. Right? And young is very right. different because <laughs> young whiskey is two years old in, in the bourbon world, whereas um, scotch, you know, you're, you're given, you know, five, seven. And that's what a lot of bourbons sell at to begin with, but five to seven yeah. is kind of their magical range. And so, you know, it has to do with these, the, the casks and the way they're used. And I like understand, sort of understand the science as much as a like non-sciencey person can understand the science of what's happening. here. Right. Um, but without like talking about any direct tasting notes, this is not, this is not one that I feel like punches me in the face with, uh, smoke or peat or whatever, you know, I've had yeah. some, um, some whiskeys that are made here in the United States, some American single malts that have been, um, you know, smoked using mesquite that are yeah. way more, uh, aggressive than this. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely on the softer side. And what I really love about mainland style peat is it's a little more like earthy and woodsy. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas like Island or Isla style peat is more like maritime. So you get like that briny, um, like, iodine type of like creepy hospital taste. Um, whereas, you know, in yep. mainland style peat, it's just more like warm and woodsy and earthy. And um, I think it, it just, it makes 
for beautiful whiskey. Yeah, because anytime I smell peat, I immediately expect that I'm going to get the the, the <laughs> tasting note of Band Aid, and not like yep. the uh, not not the fabric Band Aid, but the plasticky ones. You know, like that's mm-hmm. the, the specific Band Aid that it is. But this this doesn't carry that as severely for me. And you know, I see one of the notes on here is red licorice, and I don't get that at all, which is a positive because I'm not a huge licorice fan to begin with. Yeah, this one says toasted grains, burnt bread joint, smoked fish, and chimney soot. Then dark treacle, red licorice, and spicy flowers. Why somebody? Like why is somebody nice... drinking chimney soot though? I need I need to talk to that person see? about their life okay, choices. Okay, but like this, <laughs> but like that's that's what I love about whiskey, right? Yeah. Is that you can take something like because I remember when I first got into whiskey, I did not like peat, mm-hmm. um, and I would read like reviews and tasting notes from people and i'm like who the hell in their right mind would want to like you said drink band-aid right like what is what what has to happen where you're like i really could go for some band-aids today you right. know um but now you know when i find that tasting note i'm like ooh, little band-aid i like it um mm-hmm. and it, it's just a even though it sounds off-putting or it doesn't have like, to be and that's Right. A, a couple of years ago, uh, I, a friend shared some whiskey with me and the first tasting note or for this first smell and tasting note that I got off of it was, um, and, and I don't think you're old enough to maybe know this, but in the eighties, there was a very distinct leather shoe smell that existed for basketball shoes, right? It was a, the white leather that all, you know, original Jordans or Nike pumps or any of those things that happened in the eighties, they had a very distinct smell to them. And that's what okay. this flavor was. And it was, you know, a good solid reminiscent memory for me. He was a little right. older than I was, and he didn't like that smell or taste, right? And that's not right. what he got. And so when I said it, it was insulting to him. It's the same thing as being like, oh, this tastes like <laughs> Band-Aids. And some people are like, that's a terrible thing. It can be, but sure. not for everybody. It doesn't have to be that way. But you know, so can red licorice, right? Right. Some people are like, oh, red licorice, like, I'm definitely not tasting that. <laughs> you yeah. know, I well, and I, don't, I don't I don't like red licorice, red licorice, and I don't get that in this flavor profile. Well, I don't like most licorice at all. Uh, you know, it's the, the downfall. Like, I, I want to I want to like absinthe, but I, I just can't, you know, yeah. because <laughs> that's a distinct flavor. You know, um, there's a couple of distillers here in the United States that they're really getting into making absinthe. And I respect them and, I, you know, I have an opportunity to go visit with them. And I, like, I really want to like it because they're going through the whole thing and they're putting it in the the machine that drops it over the sugar cube and yep. it chills it down and it makes all. The, and I'm like, I want to be it's like Japanese tea. I want to be a part of it. I just don't like what comes out the other end of it. Right. <laughs> and that, and that's, that's okay. But that's okay. It. Like you could respect it and you can respect the right. craft. It doesn't mean you have to partake in it. Oh, I mean, um, I'll drink it. I absolutely. Cause I've drank worse things. I mean, like I, I, I went to college, I've drank way worse things, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just not something that I prefer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's like some people just don't like Pete at all. And that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. For me, like, when I first got into it and I, I tasted, you know, my first heated whiskey and this, and I was like, I can't, why would somebody torture themselves with drinking this? And I was like, but if I'm going to be a part of this community and I'm going to learn as much as I can about whiskey, like I have to get to the point where I can at least taste it, um, you know, just, just for my own knowledge. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, I had, I had a bottle in the house. Um, my husband like bought off a bar program and from a friend who's closing his bar down and brought all these bottles home and this happened to be one of the bottles. And I remember I was like, I cannot 
drink this. So like, I would be like vacuuming the house or whatever. And I would see that bottle and I would just take a swig of it. And I'd be like, God, this is awful. And I would put it back and I would just keep vacuuming, but I just like kept at it and I just kept exposing my palate to it. Yeah, basically. Um, and then I actually, the whiskey that totally just blew my mind when it came to peat was an Octomore. Um, I had an Octomore in a reef salt cask that I tasted. Uh, and I was like, this is probably one of the most incredible things I have ever tasted in my life. And it just totally opened my mind, you know, to the world of peat. But had I not really, like you said, conditioned my palate before then, I don't know if I would have had that, that same experience. So, right. Did you say yeah. reef salt? Uh, reef salt. Reef. Okay. R-I-D-E-S-A-L-T-E-S. I thought you said reef salt. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to find <laughs> out about that. And like, what, what's going on with that? Um, but yeah, it's it, yeah. It, it's it, in the same way, you know, if, if you're going to spend a night tasting cask strength whiskey, um, you probably need to drink something uh, before you start, you know, maybe a 90 or 100 what proof whiskey to, yeah. to, to get you up to speed. Because if, you know, the first thing you do is drink a hazmat whiskey, um, you're not going to like it probably. Yeah, there's a, a good chance that it will definitely hit a little different. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's also the thing about, you know, whiskey just in general, that some days you'll, you'll taste things and you'll be like, you know what, I don't enjoy this today. But maybe the next week when you taste it, you'll be like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, our palates are always evolving. And some days they like to take a day off, too, I like to say. Um, and they're not mm -hmm. working as maybe we would expect. Um, so I always, I'll always try it at least two to three times any whiskey you know that That's, it, I'm, it, I'm on the, i'm on the rule of three that, it, that i always yeah. live on the rule of three and i and in the three tastings need to be if i like it immediately i'm not as worried about it but if i dislike a thing i want to wait a week at least a week and try it again because there's a number of things like what did i eat today what was my mood like um what yep. is what is the temperature outside like there's so many things that can impact whether i like a thing or not absolutely um and there's, well, there's so many things that can impact that make me not like something. You know, sure. I had a terrible day at work and it really doesn't matter what I drink. I was just going to uh, hate it because I was just filled with hate from work. You know, sometimes things happen. <laughs> um, so I try to make sure it's a, it's a rule of three here. So uh, the, 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 the notes are in from, from the downstairs. Uh, okay. People, right. So yep. this is a bar of Irish spring that was used 20 years ago <gasps> and found an abandoned house. So a musty Irish are amazing. We need to hire her. <laughs> hey, look, she, she she's for hire. She's got an English literature background, so she's really good with words. Um, oh my gosh, significantly smarter so and more artistic than I am. Um, I but, love, but I get the mustiness. She's I, like I get spot on. Dang, I'll, I I'll, love uh, that make sure so much. <laughs> yeah. I told her, I was like, you can come on and join me in any of these, but she's not interested in that. She's like, this is a thing no, you do. Leave me out of this. She she can send those tasting notes. From, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's brilliant. Spot on. Yeah. This is, and, and I get, I get the mustiness and I get the, the, the fresh soap. And I don't, don't want to use soap because it ha can have a negative connotation. I right. like this. She's clean. Um, better than a lot of peat. Yeah, clean. Per yes. Perfect. Perfect. Clean, yeah. clean and musty at the same time, which is. Yeah. A, a unique, a unique thing that exists here. A, a vintage bar of soap that's been found in an abandoned house. I mean, that is like spot on. Yeah, yeah. No, so she'll, she'll be it. super happy to have that. So you've 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 been with um, this company. Uh, you said off and on for four years. Like, what makes you want to work? Yeah. Here? Like, what makes you want to work for 
Scotch and Malt Whiskey Society? Um, just the the fact that I get to every day wake up and learn about all of whiskey. Like I'm encouraged mm -hmm. to go out and learn everything I can about every whiskey that's out there. Um, whether it's a American single malt, a Canadian whiskey, an Irish whiskey, a, a Scotch whiskey, to learn about you know maturation and all of the different types of incredible casks that are out there, um, like the fine nerdy little details to you mm -hmm. know maybe not the details that are as important, but I get to go out and I'm encouraged and supported to go and learn all of that, and I think that's really special um and 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 rare in a lot of cases for you know people who do something like i do and then not only do i get to go out and learn all of this stuff i get to sit down with people like you and talk about it and mm -hmm. talk to our members on the phone almost every every day or you know whether it's through email or seeing them in person when we do in-person events and it's it's just a, a really beautiful circle of things um that all come together to create just this amazing experience of, of being part of this team. Um, and we're a really small team here in the US yeah. and we we work really hard to, you know, just keep what we do as personal as possible. I mean, we're a members club at the end of the day. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's important to, you know, let our members know that they're, they're, they're seen, they're heard and, and we're here to help however we can um, and, we want to share all of the knowledge that we have with our members. And it's, it's a, I just think it's, there's no one else doing what we're doing. And I just think that that is a really, really cool thing. So you so said in-person events, that, right? Yes. So you said in-person in events. What, what do you guys do in-person events? What is, oh no, it's yeah. I cut you off. That was really rude. Um, no, I'm no, not, no. I'm, Sorry about that. You I get, I get, I, I'll get all in my fields about this. Um, yes. So we, so for our outturns, which again, essentially are our monthly releases of cast, we will do what's called an in-person outturn preview tasting. So we actually do this in two ways. So the first and third Tuesday of every month is when we are releasing our outturns. Uh, the mm -hmm. first Tuesday is typically a much larger outturn. This last one, we released 13 different casts. Um, and then our mid-month or that second outturn of the month is a lot smaller, maybe five, six casts. Um, but the Monday nights before our releases, or sometimes Sunday nights, depending on which city you're in, we will do an in-person outcome preview tasting where you get to come and taste the whiskey ahead of time before it gets released. Uh, and we try to get to as many cities as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. um, I just actually hosted one here in Atlanta for the first time, which was very exciting. Um, and we typically host in Florida, different cities in Florida, Seattle, Washington, New York City, Chicago, Washington, D.C., um, Los Angeles, the Bay Area, San Diego. Mm -hmm. We try to get to as many places as we can. Um, and it just gives members an opportunity to come together and meet other members or just people who love whiskey, too. Um, you don't have to be a member in order to purchase a ticket to come and enjoy the whiskey. Um, and you get to come and we taste them blind, actually, which is oh wow, really, yeah, it's mm -hmm. so much fun. Um, and I always tell people, you know, ahead of time, look. Blind tasting is hard no matter what. Like whether you're blind tasting like soda or, you know, different <laughs> yep. milk percentages or like whatever. Right. Just blind tasting in general is difficult. But to blind taste single cast whiskey is incredibly difficult. Oh, yeah. Um, and so don't put pressure on yourself. It's it's literally just for fun and to like basically break the ice. Um, and then we go through and we, we blind taste um, six different whiskeys. 
at these events and it's typically it's the whiskeys that are coming out you know in the outturn and it's they're a lot of fun and so we always keep that on our events page on our website at smwsa.com um, and then for those who aren't able to attend or make it to an in-person out for preview tasting on youtube mm -hmm. we host you know on Monday nights, um, it's like myself and, and Scott, who is part of the Real Scotch Test Dummies. Um, he's also mm -hmm. on our team, and so it'll be him and me or Ben or you know whoever on the team. Um, and then sometimes we'll pull in people to from the whiskey community to come and, and do those outturns as well. Um, and we'll be on YouTube tasting through that same selection of whiskeys and sharing the full outturn of everything that's coming out the day, the next day. So. So, and then another feature, and I, maybe I read this wrong, but if you happen to be in England, right, there, mm -hmm. there's potential to have access to members rooms. Is that, is that a thing? Yes. So we have members rooms over in the UK. Uh, we have members rooms in Glasgow, uh, London, Edinburgh, and then our spiritual home, the vaults um, in Leith. And members do have mm -hmm. access to those rooms and they can bring, you know, friends, colleagues, loved ones. Um, and with them, the only thing that what I always like to recommend to people is if you are going to be over there um, visiting any of our members rooms over there, just reach out to us and let us know. We'll connect right. you with the team out there and, you know, make sure you have the best experience possible. Um, but they're beautiful and so much fun. And the like, this is like nothing compared to, right. you know, what they have in those members rooms. So, um, yeah, members do have full access to those as well. So, so are we gonna are we gonna get a, a stateside members room someday? Uh, maybe, yeah. The laws here in the U.S. are a little different, um, you know, than they are in the rest of the world. But right. uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> if we get past our Puritan Puritanistic ways, maybe we'll we'll be able to look at something <laughs> like that. There's some some restrictive <laughs> legislation that is that is in place. Um, the one of the other things, and I don't remember seeing the last one that came through, but you guys put out a, a, a magazine. Yes. Still, do we still do magazines? Uh, the the first one that I got, I, the first one I ever got. Maybe this I have is one. this is as good, if not better, than many of the magazines that I just get. Right, like you know, we we have a whiskey advocate, and we have you know Newsweek or National Geographic. Like this, this is really nice. Like it's really, yeah. really, really nice. So every month, uh, it's called Unfiltered, and uh, it's actually digital now. So everything. Uh, it, it gets released. We send the email out. It's yep. only members have access to it. Um, and so we release this every month. And then at the end of the year, you get this version. So, which is like a nice coffee table style <laughs> version of it. Um, and it has all, yeah. So, um, you'll get this version at the end of the year. And look, there's my malt whiskey yearbook of 2020. That was with yep. it. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, so that is also one of the perks of being a member and it's just, Full of good stories and yeah. knowledge and you know up and coming distilleries and you know things like that which is really cool so um yeah that is also a member perk i, I didn't know what to expect whenever i joined i just uh, saw what you guys were about and i was like yeah you know I, i've wasted more money on worse things so let's see what this is about <laughs> when it showed up i was like I'll oh this is gonna be like a catalog trying to sell things yeah and no. it wasn't and I, so I was like, well, now I'm actually like having to read this like, like a real magazine. And I was, that was, that was, that was a really nice yeah. twist that I didn't expect to be there. Yeah. You sit back with a with a glass of whiskey and mm -hmm. read through it. It's, it is, it is quite nice. It's, it's definitely something I look forward to every month is, 
is reading through, you know, all of the different stories and kind of gives you some sneak peeks as to maybe what's to come as far as, you know, different distilleries that we're going to be bottling from. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to read through. Okay. So I think I've got all the questions that I had, um, have been answered and I, I hope that you've covered what you wanted to, if not, you, you've got an opportunity yeah. to add this here. Well, um, I do want to let anyone know who is listening and is not a member and would like to become a member. Uh, we are currently running a promotion that if you do gift a membership, you do get a little gift card for yourself to either put towards a membership or a bottle if you all, if you are already a member. Um, but if you do want to become a member, please do make sure that you, uh, definitely let us know that the embellished podcast sent you or sent. Yes. Yeah, sent you our way. Um, and we will be sure to send you a $50 gift card to use in the shop as well to put towards your first purchase. Yep. And that's, that's how I got in the first time. It was a, uh, it was absolutely an offer like that where uh, I was going to get $50 back and I took that $50 and I put it towards the first bottle. And so, yep. um, was able to get it with a few things and, you know, I was like, well, I'm getting one, might as well get two because I've already got $50 off. And so, um, it was a really, really nice addition. It helps you kind of, uh, get into it. And uh, it's, I thoroughly enjoy what I have. You know, sometimes I'm reluctant to buy more because I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Um, but this is the most approachable uh, packaging that you can come across for someone who is brand new to a particular yeah. segment. Yeah. And, and what's really cool too about what we do is, you know, if maybe you don't know where to start or maybe you've had some whiskeys in the past that you really love and you're like, well, where do I go from there? Call us. Um, it'll be myself or, you know, a number of my colleagues that pick up the phone. And we're always happy to kind of walk you through how the shop works, how the flavor profiles work. Um, maybe with some good recommendations would be, you know, like typically if you're coming from the bourbon world, um, you know, we can kind of walk you through all the, the flavor profiles that, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you'll find in bourbon. Um, and we're always happy to talk to people on the phone and walk them through this whole process, um, you know, as far as recommendations or answering any questions that you have. So please don't be shy and email us. You can email me, you can email, you know, my colleagues, mm -hmm. give us a call. We're always happy to help. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know too many people in uh, the whiskey hobbies that are incredibly shy, but I think many of them probably don't reach out because they assume that that's just, you know, marketing talk and that people are no. not going to actually do it. And I've already had three other conversations with people who are like, no, I, I ask questions all the time. I, you know, I, I get information. That's how I'm able to decide where to kind of go to next. And so yeah. Um, where a lot, a lot of companies say they do the things you guys actually do. And, you know, you're, you're, you're crafting a, a membership experience uh, for people that is uh, truly that. I mean, like it's, it's a legitimate club. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not a business, so to speak. It doesn't have the feeling of a business, right? You guys have to make money to stay open, but. Sure. <laughs> but, but there's a, there's a connection to people day, that exists. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all just a bunch of people who love whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'd love to nerd out like everyone else and talk about it and share it and, you know, share tasting notes and, and recommendations, just like we would with friends. Right. So when yes. you call, it's just like calling a friend and like, Jenna, what what do I do? Like, where do I go from here? I really love this whiskey. Um, you know, what's the next step, basically? Right. And always happy to, to assist him and, and help however you can. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you for joining me tonight. Yeah. I'm going to, um, we're going to close out the episode here. Um, I'm yeah. always, this is the thing that always sort of shocks me about working in this is that, you know, I don't have a 
huge following. I don't have, you know, thousands and thousands of people that follow me, but without a, um, with, with no, everyone I've asked to come on and talk to me has said yes. Right. This is, this is a thing that is unique to the whiskey industry. And, and you guys are straight in the middle of all of that. You know, I say, Hey, you know, I'd like to talk about this just because I want to see what you guys are doing or whatever's going on. And, and I really, really love this about this particular community of people. And, you know, you guys are just right a part of that. So I appreciate it. It's, it's fantastic. Well, we appreciate you, you know, spreading the, the great gospel of whiskey, so to speak. And, <laughs> you know, asking us to come on, like it's, yeah. this is, this is what, we live for really, <laughs> you know, yeah. moments just like this. So thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'll, I'll boot you off. We're going to close it out and then we'll, we'll chat a little bit yeah. afterwards. All right. Thank I guess uh, one last thing, if yep. you don't mind, if anybody does yep. have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm at Jenna at smwsa.com and you are more than welcome to email me at any time. Um, or you can check out our website at smwsa.com um, or follow us on Instagram at smwsamerica and yep. reach out, say hi. So thank yeah. you so I've much. I've got some of those links will be in the show notes too. So uh, I'm not going to put awesome. your email address in there because I don't want somebody to scrub that off and throw it on a bunch <laughs> of spam lists. Right. <laughs> but the rest of the URLs are on there. So people should be able to find it um, on both Super places. Awesome. But yeah, absolutely thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Thanks for tuning in for this offering of the Embellished Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave me a review on whatever platform you have to be consuming this on. You can leave a comment if possible. You can hit me up on social media uh, and uh, at Twitter or Instagram at EmbellishPod and give me a follow so you can see what's going on here. I can be found at www.embellishpod.com with all of my links, accounts, contact details, and more. I'll be back again next week with another new offering for you. So until then, cheers and thanks for hanging out.